You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns with your host, Jeff Lloyd. As always, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, guys, we are within less than 14 to 15 days of the NFL Combine. This would be the big spot here, obviously, we've been talking about it. So we're going to finish the pre-Combine mock draft here with Pete Smith. And these ones get interesting. It's a little fun. You know, some bigger names have obviously slipped. Uh, Pete stole one of my draft loves and stuck him in here in a spot that I wasn't ready for yet. But obviously, it's fun when we agree on one player because we enjoy that. You know, normally we banter about but uh, we're going to get through this here, and uh, we're going to start. Uh, first things first, Pete, uh, you know, here we are. I mean, it was nice to get you away from the AAF for a minute, Pete, right? I know you're deeply engrossed into it. So so you're telling me this is not the Locked On Iron podcast? As a lifelong Iron fan, our, our motto is, look, if, if the opponent doesn't score more than 10 points, we're going to be undefeated. Um, it's it's Look, it's football – it's February. It's, it's football adjacent is what I would say. Yes. You know, it, you know, hey, come see my team play. You know, we're really, really good. Oh, okay. I mean, there's been some, you know, and it, look, and the whole thing about it is some guys are going to find something and get a, cha- a second chance. And that's part of it. And look, everybody's enjoying watching it. Uh, I'll, I'll admit, guys, it, it, it's a tough watch for me. There's just no way around it. It's a tough watch for me. Um, but we got to finish this mock draft. Um as far as, you know, I've talked with some people, one of the names that would has not been mentioned yet is going to get mentioned here. Pick 21 to the Seattle Seahawks. And, Pete, like, we, you know, we talk about a lot of these guys, and if you're not a left tackle, that's okay. And if you had college experience of being a really solid left tackle, that's still okay. You may not end up in the NFL at left tackle, but you have enough where everybody understands that there is a spot with you, a spot for you, I should say, within the starting unit of an offensive line. And whether it's our guy, Mr. Hyatt out of Clemson, you don't play good offensive line for this amount of years and not find a spot. And this seems to be, and this is the way Seattle kind of does things, is just give us good football players. So pick here for Seattle. Right. So Seattle, uh, I, I went ahead and gave them Jonah Williams. I, I think. You know, Seattle's normal operating uh, mechanism is, is, is defense, defense, defense. Um, and they could certainly go that route. But I didn't see a guy that sort of screamed out uh, for them. And they've got to protect their investment. I mean, they've got one of the best quarterbacks, probably the second best quarterback in the NFL right now, who dragged them into the playoffs. Uh, and they got Dwayne Brown, who's fine. He's a good player. And then after that, the offensive line is, you know, mediocre to average. Uh, Jonah Williams, you know, if you want to try to play him at right tackle, fine. I think he's more likely to end up on the interior, could ultimately find a home at center. Uh, But the bottom line is it's getting them another quality offensive lineman, and they they, they tend to focus on athletic traits. Uh, so I'll be curious to see how he tests. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. The thing with him is going to be, does he have enough ass for the position, as uh, Dan Shanka put it? Um, we'll, we'll see. But he does sort of fit what what, uh, what Seattle has done, and they've even picked some guys uh, from Alabama to play on the offensive line. You know, some people love him. I'm sort of middle of the road on him, but this could represent a nice value for the Seahawks. And they usually do business the correct way. It's to, you know it, it's done, and they see a player that you know, and they may value him on the interior. And that's I agree with you. We've you know obviously Dan is a guy we both uh, both respect. Um, could be a center, could be a guard, but um, and you look what the Browns did here. What was the strength and the nuts and bolts of a quarterback who's around six feet tall? It was the interior offensive line. So find a guy, and they're okay with their left tackle. So now you sure up the interior a little bit better. Makes for hopefully better success for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, 22. And this one this one kind of hurts, obviously, within the division. Um, I don't know if he's going to end up an H-back or a tight end at the rate he's going. Um, loves the weight room, but a little old Miss presence here for the Baltimore Ravens beat. Right, so when we talked, we, when we did the podcast talking about 
you know, where the Ravens go with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I, I did consider going ahead and giving them the running back here. Uh, but when we talked about, you know, what type of receiving options, you know, you give a guy like Lamar Jackson, you know, this screams to me that they're going to go get big targets that can go up and get the football. Catch and radius, all that good stuff. Yeah, and you're hoping in the case of DK Metcalf that his athletic gifts are going to be there and that he's going to be a guy that can take a pass, you know, physically dominate on the field and, and, and make make a, a small play into a big play or make plays down the field. DK Metcalf, you know, the medical's got to check out with his neck. Um, he's cleared. We'll see how he tests, assuming he's going to actually test – uh, but this is a big week for him because, you know, so much of him to this point is potential as opposed to legitimate production. Obviously, he was, you know, on pace to have a really nice season this year before he got hurt. But he's got about 1,200 yards in his career receiving. Uh, and that's that's something that's going to, you know, that's a question that has to be asked. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of focus on, on his uh, his girth. Um, and his his size and and you know is he you know some people have compared him to David Boston in, in terms of his immense physical presence, but I, I do think this could work out for the Ravens. And, and honestly, if he is an H back, that's not the end of the world for them, and and what they have in Lamar Jackson. Um, well, he's big, and the yak ability to be there. Um, I mean, I mean, who knows how much he can take from that picture? Obviously, the dude was yoked up. Obviously, it was post workout. Um, he may never have to be a guy that has to put on... Everything could be maintaining from here on out. Um, I think of, you know, I think of Shannon Sharp. I mean, he was jacked up, ripped, shredded every which way. And he was that way from the day he joined the league to the day he left the league. So maybe it's more just about, you know, balanced nutrition. But you do get nervous. I mean, you know, you just see it. And look, I mean, let's be honest. The guys next to him weren't that big. So that maybe... You know, more exemplified. But the other thing is, is with Metcalf going in round one, I mean, you're going to ask him as a round one pick to play the best ball of his life as a guy who came out early, uh, question with the neck. There's a lot of risk and reward here with him. And, you know, that's that's wherein lies the rub. Um, are you going to get the production as a, of a rookie year where you could have drafted him at 31, th- I'm sorry, 35, 36, even in the 40s, but, you know, are you hopefully going to get it in year two? And that's a tough decision. But, you know, intriguing, fun to watch, and you think that there's a huge, huge ceiling to him. DK Metcalf has that in spades. Um, Pete, Houston's interesting here up at 23. Um, obviously, offensive line concerns. Lamar Miller finds a way to continuously put up stats. You have DeAndre Hopkins. Fuller coming back from an injury. Obviously, he moved on from, uh, you know, obviously from Thomas as well. So, Houston here, what's the best part of the greater good? And I, I do agree with your selection because when you're picking up guys who were never even good enough to get at any run with the Cleveland Browns at the left tackle position, maybe you better go get yourself one. Yeah, this is tough because, you know, this this comes down to how good you think he, think a, a guy like Greg Little is, uh, offensive tackle out of Ole Miss. Some people love him. Uh, some people are absolutely out on him. In a lot of ways, I think he's a lot like Rashawn Gary uh, in terms of you don't really know what you're getting from him yet. Um, Body-wise, he's unbelievable. He He's got – you know, if you were to draw up how an offensive tackle looks, he's got it. Long legs, you know, carries weight really well, looks good, you know, all those things. But he's he's raw, he's inconsistent. You know, there's there's uh, anonymous scouts claiming he's lazy and all this other stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know, but the the bottom line is, Houston gave up the most. Sacks and the most pressures of any court, of any of any team in the league. If it's not coming from the draft, it's got to be coming somewhere from somewhere. They did bring in Rod, Rod Johnson. They, I mean, <laughs> their starting tackles are Julian Davenport and Chantrell Henderson. I mean, you know, they they don't. I don't know if they had a starting caliber offensive lineman on that team. So it's it's a lot like Buffalo. You've got to protect your investment. And unfortunately, with Watson, he's already suffered a knee injury under your watch. 
he takes a ton of punishment, some of it because he holds onto the ball too long. But if, if that's if, if that clock's not going to speed up, or even if it is, you still need to do better up front. So, you know, th- th- this is a guy who could pan out really, really well, um, but he, he's going to have his share of detractors. It, it, it'll be interesting what, what he ends up doing on draft day because he's a guy who, who could conceivably, you know, based on what they what a team believes may, may take him in the top 15 or he may slip out of the first round entirely. It's certainly a possibility, but, you know, it always seems with offensive tackle, it's, you know, if we think you can do it, we saw it here at Cleveland, we're going to give you that shot, and we're going to give you a big shot of it, and Greg Lloyd doesn't, I mean, Greg Lloyd doesn't come with much baggage. Didn't mean to drop my brother into that conversation, but be that, you know, there it is. Um, But Greg Little, I mean, athletically, everything, size, everything is going to project to what it's going to be. So you're going to draft him, and you know you're hopefully going to assume you have a left tackle. And Pete, we went over this. I mean, we talked about this a ton. Deshaun Watson takes a ton, a ton of hits. He can't just take the two steps to the right, toss it to the sidelines. He ends himself up in a lot of bad situations. Um, Oakland Raiders up here at 24. Um, we have spoken about the fact that they did a fantastic job on the in- interior of the defensive line. And look, if you're going to build a franchise... And you think back of, you know, obviously Gruden's success in Tampa. A lot of it was the defense, you know, interior, exterior. They had a lot going on there. Pete already gave them at pick four. Uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Sweat out of Mississippi State. Pete, uh, we're going to go with it here. And um, here's another guy. We talked about it, whether it was Josh Allen, Quinn and Williams. Here was another guy who literally put his draft market and his stock you know, on the level this year with the young guy at the University of Florida. Right. So, you know, first and foremost, we're going to get a, a good indication of what the Raiders really think about Derek Carr. They'll have three swings in the first uh-huh. round. Um, but, uh, you know, and they could they could consider Kyler Murray for that standpoint. But um, they, because they have three first-round picks, they can sort of sit and wait and let valuable players fall because they've got needs everywhere. And, and – and, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Is it, is it Jackie? Is it Jakai? Anyway, Polite from Florida, the defensive end. They get another pass rusher. Um, they get, you know, they, they, they now have a young, young, young defensive line. I mean, it's it's even younger than the Browns uh, was last year. They, they'd have effectively two, two first-year guys and two rookies up there being who, who they're counting on. Um, again, it, it, they, they, they got... 13, they got Miles Garrett sacks as a team. They've got nothing at that spot. So they can continue adding and adding. And Polite, extremely productive. Uh, it's going to be a question about size and athleticism at that size. But the combination of potentially a Polite pass r- pure pass rusher on the right with uh, Montez Sweat, who looks like he could be you know a full-service defensive end on the left – They've got two guys with potentially, you know, Pro Bowl profiles that can get up and get after the quarterback. And they're now playing in a division with Phillip Rivers. They're playing in a division with uh, what's Patrick, his Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. And they're playing in a division with Garbage and Denver. In any case, they'd like <laughs> to hit any of them um, as much as possible. And, and they cannot sit back and just let you know, Rivers and especially Mahomes just sit back and pick them apart. They've got to be able to address that if they're ever going to be take a step forward. And then, you know, if it's Flacco, if it's Drew Locke, if it's Case Keenum, you know, this is there. This gives them an opportunity to become the third place team that Denver seems to be rolling out the red carpet for them to take. And we're going to add a little more to Oakland here with the next couple of picks. Um, but, yes, now you're getting, you know, you obviously you know, all eyes are towards the move for the Raiders, towards Vegas. And what are you going to sell people on? If you don't have enough offense, you better be able to sell them on the fact that we're going to, you know, disrupt the backfield. And, you know, they got the benefit of the Hurst pick last year, obviously, with the medicals. So now you throw in a couple of pass rushers. Um, we'll see what we do here in a couple more picks uh, with Pete to finalize this first round haul. Uh, wink, wink, and maybe something senior ball related. Guys, iTunes rating reviews. They always help the show. Locked on Browns. Make sure you subscribe there. Make sure you leave a five star. Make sure you leave a written review. I cannot appreciate it more, guys. Thank you very much. So this takes us now to the once removed 
Super Bowl champions in the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, the problem is the Eagles, I think the core of the team is good. You're going to lose some players due to financial concerns, obviously. Um, it's going to be weird because, you know, you've had that nice fullback option in Nick Foles. So Carson Wentz needs to continue along here, and he needs to be able to play a full season. And as opposed to maybe a skill position guy, Pete, here, you maybe went more to making sure you can get Carson Wentz to play 16, 17, 18 games. Well, this this is all about Jason Peters. And Jason Peters has – he's, he's basically a car at this point. He He's 37 – he rolls out there. He's great. Something breaks on him. They t- basically take it off. He goes back th- out there and he keeps playing. Like he's physically, medically, just an absolute marvel. I, I, this guy it feels like he should have retired six years ago, and he's still great. But he constantly has things happen to him. The check engine light is always on. Right. I mean, Achilles, MCL, ACL. It's just always something. He's, he's back out there. But – it's another serious knee injury. It's a shame with him. They've got to be looking towards the future. And obviously, you know, the plan all along has been, you know, when he retires, they're going to move Lane Johnson over to the other side. Uh, but, you know, when Jason Peters has been out, they've been exposed because other than the Super Bowl run, which is magical for any number of reasons, but a big reason for that was was Vitae playing tackle and playing relatively effectively for them. He's their guy. He's their next guy at both spots. Um, so I, I gave him Caleb McGarry out of Washington, and this will seem high for some people, but my my theory on this is like Caleb Miller was, Colton Miller was last year. I think Caleb McGarry is going to test well, and when you test well and you're six seven, three hundred and something odd pounds, and you look fantastic. Uh, in terms of how you carry your weight, and, and if he has decent movement skills, those guys go high. And not only do those guys go high, they tend to work out. Um, and, and if and if if Lane Johnson moves over to the left side, uh, McGarry can move over to the right side. They'll have those twin towers, which it just seems like the Eagles have had. You know, dating back to Donovan McNabb, they've always had you know good tackle play whenever they've been competitive. And uh, again, you mentioned it with Carson Palmer. And and whether they they're they're serious about keeping Nick Foles or it's just a ploy to trade him or whatever, you know they've got to be able to protect whoever's back there. And especially if Foles is gone, it just puts that big, much bigger of a premium on it to make sure that Wentz doesn't take any unnecessary hits, that he is able to stay upright, because uh, you know that's been his career track. And and most of the time, it's not because he's getting whacked as a as a as a passer, it's usually because he's running with the ball, but broken wrist uh, at, at North Dakota state, he came back and they won the championship that year. Uh, obviously the ACL where he's trying to sneak in the end zone. And then this, this back issue, which is unclear when it popped up, but you know, he's your, he's your franchise. And that's going to be a theme with a lot of this, which is why, you know, it, it pass rushers, uh, pass protectors and then corners go in the first round and so often is just because they're hard to get but um, whether it's this or somewhere else and maybe they, they, they'll address defensive line here they could certainly do that because they may be losing Lodi Nada and Brandon Graham um, they're gonna need to find offensive tackle help from somewhere and it's it goes long because I mean you know as much as everybody says oh you need the quarterback you need the quarterback but you need to get protected and you know whether it's Wentz and as so many other cases down the board, and obviously Deshaun Watson here that we've done through this mock, it's the insurance policy to the key to the castle, and it just goes along with that. Indy up here at 26, and Pete, man, everybody knows I love this guy, and now you're going to go and just drop this one here, but you talk about a guy who was a track athlete in high school, Um, went to college, spent some time at wide receiver. They didn't put him at corner. They basically gave him a corner gig, and for two and a half years, ran with it. Length gets dirty while tackling. Um, there's a lot to like, and I do think this screams of a guy who went to the advisory committee, and the advisory committee maybe even wowed him and his family. Um, but pick 26 here to the Indianapolis Colts, a local Cleveland kid. So this is a similar thought process as with Caleb McGarry. 
Justin Land from Michigan State. I think he's going to test his ass off. Um, there, and- there, it just—he seems so out of a guy to declare that they, his camp had to know that they were going to test through the roof. And apparently, you know, this is where I'm saying it is the advisory committee who kind of said, "Yeah, and your tape's pretty good, and you're active, and these are the guys who shoot up late." His, he's got elite production in Michigan State, so all the stuff about you know whether he's a corner or not, he produced at an elite level as a corner. Um, all, the, all the questions are going to be about speed and hips, uh, and and I don't know how the hips will do, but I think his speed will translate. And if you watched Matt Eberflus, especially you watched it in the playoffs because you were thinking, oh, he might be the head coach of the Browns. They play they play a cover three scheme for the most part. They keep guys in front of them. They want to play downhill, and that is exactly what this dude does. They've got Malik Hooker in the middle. They've got uh, they've got uh, what's his face, former Browns guy on the other side who played really really well uh, down the stretch for them. They've they've they they certainly need help up front. The other bet I'm making here. Uh, with that, Pierre Desir, he had a really good run with them. Yep. The other bet I'm making is some of the $110 million they have in cap space is going to go to a pass rusher that gets out into free agency. I think they're going to break the bank in that regard, whether it's a D Ford, whether it's whoever. Somebody's going to get out or multiple somebody's, and they're going to sign them, which allows them to sort of do that. If they don't do this, I think it's far more likely they go for a pass rusher but, again, I think Justin Lane fits exactly what Matt Eberfluss wants to do on that defense, gives him a physical presence, and, again, it's your division. Who do you play? Houston. You've got all those receivers there. You've got to, you've got to have a physical presence when you play teams like Jacksonville. He gives you that. You've got to be able to play and win in your division, and, and especially Corey for – Corey Davis. Right, and, and, and Tennessee. And, and the other part of this is, is the Colts – you know they're in position to be a legitimate contender. So what are they going to need when they, you know, looking ahead to the playoffs? You you can't have enough good DBs, and he gives them a unique skill set and something they can they can really use down the stretch. So again, I'm betting that they're in free agency they're going to get at least one, perhaps multiple pass rushers. That's going to free them up to get something else. Uh, you know, they maybe they go over another weapon. Uh, other uh, opposite T.Y. Hilton, and I considered that, but the the problem I came up with is unless they go with a guy like Kelvin Harmon, which you know they could do, I don't think they're going to want to basically get get a guy who looks a lot like T.Y. Hilton in in Marquise Brown. It, certainly, he's uh, gives him a little different element. He's more of a pure speed guy, but you know I don't know if if they're going to want two shrimps out there even if they're as fast as they are and they may want to change up you know sort of the the roster and get more size in there and and they may be a team that goes after you know the dude coming out of san diego uh that that people seem to love despite the fact he doesn't do much in clutch situations but (laughs) tyrell williams tyrell williams they've got money that you know that could be another guy they go to in free agency so We'll see. You know, this could change quite a bit, but I, and maybe maybe Justin Lane doesn't test as well as I think he will, and and teams aren't as high on it. But in the event he tests well, his profile is going to be insane, and for a team that plays the defense he fits in, he's going to be very very attractive. There's, I, for me and guys, you know, I mean, Justin Lane is a guy I cannot stop talking about. And as far as you know, the receiver, if you go with another smaller guy, I mean, you look at the uh, success. Obviously, Andrew Luck had this year with, you know, an Eric Ebron who, I mean, you may want to say a tight end, but, you know, he's doesn't necessarily run every tight end route. Obviously, a phenomenal year, a bigger guy with some good athleticism. Could be something that goes that, that way here. Um, pick number 27, Oakland Raiders on the clock again. And I continue to agree with you here, Pete, because get yourself in a position where, you know, you know what you've got on one side of the ball. Keep feeding that defense because the offense is the tough part because, I mean, whether or not he's in love with Carr, maybe it could only be a 19 thing, at least continue to strengthen and build something on one side of the ball here. Right. Uh, That's the thing is, uh, you know, I think whether he should or shouldn't remains to be seen. They've got a hell of an offensive line, at least 
theoretically in Oakland. Rodney, Rodney Hudson's a stud. Gabe Jackson's very good. Coleccio Semele is a very good player. Colton Miller, they've got to see what he can do in Donald Penn. It's a great front five, uh, at least in theory. Carr is a good enough quarterback, and you know he does some incredibly dumb shit uh, at the end of games, which gets him, you know, laughed at and whatever. Like, you know, throwing the ball away on fourth down. He's done this like three times in his career. Uh, but when you just get to brass tacks, what he does from efficiency and all that, he's way better than he gets credit for. It. And and if and if the Raiders want to trade him, so be it. But if they're going to stay with him, um, yeah, I, I think on some level. They're going to trust Gruden is going to trust in himself to sort of be able to build around him without using premier uh, picks to do it. I mean, they could certainly go for a receiver. Their receivers are pretty awful. Um, you know, he could be certainly in, fall in love with a guy like Marquise Brown here. But he gave three helmet stickers to Nasir Adderley in the Senior Bowl. I mean, if that doesn't say he's going to pick him, I don't know. But Nasir Adderley out of Delaware is a very, very good player. Uh, a really, really nice profile production-wise. Uh, the Raiders have an interesting secondary in the develop uh, in in the works. Gary and Conley's been pretty good. Carl Joseph got a lot better. Uh, they may want to address the other corner side. Rashawn Melvin's okay, um, but they may want to pair another safety there. And 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 Nasir Adderley would give them another safety. And again. They're going to play in a division where everybody's trying to throw on them a thousand times, and and we've added pass rushers. Now it's time to get guys who can can, can play the pass. Again, it's Mahomes, it's Rivers, it's I guess the Broncos are there too. They've got to be able to their whole their whole livelihood until Rivers until Rivers retires is going to be finding a way to counter those two quarterbacks because those guys are right now. As the Raiders currently stand, it could basically be penciled into playoff spots, and they have to find a way to beat those guys if they're ever going to make the playoffs. Uh, unless they're the unlikely, you know, second wild card that somehow squeaks out nine and seven. Even if they want to do that, they need more bodies that can do it on defense. Keep adding, keep feeding, like you said. This, this, and and again, the, the, this is connecting a lot of dots. They seem to absolutely love him in Mobile. He made a ton of plays for them. He's just a great prospect on his own. He should test really well. Um, it just, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, again, this is what tends to happen with coaches who coach the Senior Bowl, especially when your coach is the guy who's actually making the final decision. So two out of the three picks in the first round end up being guys that they coached in Mobile. And the helmet stickers obviously were a tendency that he would take all of them if he had the possibility to do it. Um, the thing with Carr, which seems the weirdest thing, is you know John Gruden won with Brad Johnson. I mean, so it seems weird, you know. And Rich Gannon was another one. Derek Carr, throw for throw, and a better passer is probably better than all those guys. Find a way to make it work where you have a good talent and the coach. It doesn't maybe have to be about the coach in my system. That and the other thing. I mean, and if you're looking for a year to replace your quarterback, this doesn't look like the year. So Oakland, I'm, well, Oakland, it is still is Oakland before Vegas. Get everything else in line. I'm not sure Carr is the issue there. Um, we kick it on out now to the Los, nice Los Angeles Chargers. I'll give myself credit here. Um, you know, I I see the fit right off the bat. Um, a lot of talk of Denzel Perriman, you know, moving out of that team. Um. So this pick goes in here well, but I think this goes along the line with Derwin James and a lot what they've got going on in that back seven is we can run with anybody, and we saw it when the Chargers played the Ravens in the playoffs, and this would be another guy to fit into that. Like, look, we all run like defensive backs. We kind of hit like linebackers. So this is a great pick here, and I wasn't sure he was going to make it in. Uh, neither was I, honestly. Uh, I, I, I would have... Going in, I didn't think he was going to make this first round. But and I will say, give, I will say, give them he, Devin Bush from Michigan. He is the he's what you're looking for today. He can play base, nickel, dime. You want guys who can run, guys who can cover, and guys who can hit. His production is not as good as it should be in terms of projecting forward. However, he may test really, really well and help his case. But 
part part of why the Chargers were called brilliant, and certainly we did it on the show, and I think it was deserved, was the scheme they came up with for defending Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. And one of the things they did is they basically took all their linebackers off the field and put all safeties on the field. It worked brilliantly. Part of the reason they did that, though, is because they don't have any linebackers. They really, really need some. And you mentioned it, and, and it, again, we'll see how he tests. I think he will do really well, which will help his case and certainly get him more buzz. Not that he needs it. Seems to be a really, really popular prospect, except it, it, at least on, you know, on Twitter and stuff like that. But he he is a fast, rangy guy, and you've got all those bodies up front like Bosa and Ingram and those type of players up there. So if you can continue to dominate up front. Um, and they do need help on the interior of the defensive line, as as shown by the Patriots. Uh, they may, you know, they may have to have to do something to address that. Maybe a guy like Jerry Tillery ends up being in the conversation. But if they can, they don't even need like great play there. They just need guys who can hold the point and not get moved off the ball, because then it allows a guy like Devin Bush to fly around and make plays. That is his game, and he can fly around in coverage and make things like that. So you add a guy like that with Derwin James and and some of these other players, and you just have a fast athletic group that can cause turnovers at the same time that the pressure is only going to force quarterbacks into more mistakes. Um, That's a nice setup for them. They clearly have a a goal they're shooting for here. And and again, this this is ultimately where I think the Browns would like to get to is when you have a guy like Phillip Rivers in an offense that can put up so many points, you're used to playing ahead. So, yes, you want to be able to stop the run, and, and certainly the, they got exposed on that front against the Patriots. But they're often ahead or in games where there's a ton of passing because there's so much scoring. And when that happens, you need bodies that can fly around and cover. And Devin Bush gives them another guy they could they could do that with that that – is actually a linebacker. I mean, they could seriously, if they wanted to, this class certainly has the dude support it. Grab one of these stud safeties and give them another guy like Derwin James because Derwin James is so special and, and, and basically gives you the freedom to add another guy. But I do think at some point you're going to want to get a real linebacker body. And even if you want to say Devin Bush is more like a Shaq Thompson guy, he's still big enough that he can be a legitimate linebacker. And you've got to have at least one. And right now they have none. And look, I mean, you know, obviously the son of a player, obviously his father, former Cleveland Brown, uh, you know, first round pick. He, 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 so everything you ask of the kid, and look, he blazed his own trail. Uh, you know, he decided he wasn't going to go to Florida State like his dad, went to Michigan. Um, but everything that you said, and, and I harp on it, I mean, these are the guys who will run, chase, tackle. And these were problems that you saw with the Browns when they were facing elite running backs in the passing game. And the fact that, you know, with the games they were winning, they were getting nickel and dimed for drives. It obviously didn't prove to be the outcome, but this is what you want. And you want this stuff eliminated. You know, the running back catches the ball at five yards, that's fine. But he only gets the five yards. Guys like Devin Bush, I I just think he's such a perfect modern-day fit. And even though he will be a little bit sub six feet tall, he's a thick, rock-solid kid. And if his assignment is taken on the block, he's going to do that. It's a great selection. Uh, I hate it to be this early. I, I, I'd love to find a way to put him next to Joe Schobert. But, you know, that's a conversation for another day. Guys, uh, Locked on NFL Network, um, whether it's through Instagram, whether it's through Twitter, the Locked on NFL Net accounts, they pump out everything from all the local shows, the fantasy shows, the draft shows, the host show on Matt Williamson. So Instagram, Twitter, Locked on NFL Net. Go ahead, guys. Give a follow over there to both of those accounts on those uh, social media platforms. So this brings us now to the Chiefs. And first things first, do not give them offense, which you didn't do. Um, but this is, again, they are in this division, which it's it's a lot, it's almost like pinball type, uh, pinball type football. Um, Phillip Rivers doesn't seem to be going away, neither do his weapons. Um, Eric Berry, as much as the story is fantastic and all this guy has been through, I'm not sure he's, you know, going to bring you much anymore. And if he were to retire this offseason, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. The man has been through a lot. But you need something. You need to be able to cover backs out of the backfield. You need to be able to cover tight ends. And this is a guy we talked about. Like, when you watch some prospects, there's like you, watch, you get to a point where you've watched enough film and you're like, yeah, I'm done here. 
this guy's just a really good football player. Wherever he goes, he's going to be a really good football player. Uh, you dipped into the ACC and the University of Virginia here for this pick for the Chiefs. And I could agree with you more. This is one of those guys I've seen enough. He's going to be really good. Right. Uh, he, the, the thing is, Eric Berry, well, first, I don't think he'll retire, and that's simply because the paycheck. Uh, but he doesn't play. Um, unfortunately, with the injuries he suffered, uh, he, he couldn't play. The heel basically took away his entire season. I mean, he was fine in the, the playoff game he, he was in, but that was basically the only game he played all year. They've got to move on. Um, they've got to get younger. Well, the, well, the question bet- with Barry is, is he is he going to even sniff the player he used to be? And right now you have a hard time believing that, so you got to find somebody. Right. Uh, no question. Uh, unfortunately, the, the contract he was signed to uh, – well, and part of that is, you know, it's a ruptured Achilles. That's, that's not a small – Deal. Unfortunately, the contract he was signed to, which may or may not have been involved with a current GM of the Browns, is astronomical uh, and awful. But they've still got to get somebody that can help them and and could play next to Barry even for a season because they they they've got Daniel Sorensen and, and Jordan Lucas and, and guys like that. Juan Thornhill from Virginia is a stud, and and obviously everybody's gonna has questions about his speed and everything on that, but. Uh, and, and we'll see how he tests. But in terms of when he's on the field, you notice him. He's just an outstanding football player. In the Senior Bowl, he's just just a stud. He immediately pops up. Should have caught one interception. May have, may have actually come up with another. Um, he's just a guy that just makes plays. And he just looks like, like – honestly, he looked like if he walked into the Chiefs – uh, team during the playoffs last year, he would have immediately found a way to to contribute and, and play for, make plays for them. He's just a, a really good football player. And Bronco Mendenhall is a guy who frame, out. He's in the frame in every defensive play. At the the end of whatever the whenever the play ends, he's in the frame. He's just super intelligent, and you know, I'm, you know, unless he tests like a, a stone, he's just going to show very well. There's just no way around it. Right, Bronco Mendenhall, head coach of, of Virginia, who, who was at BYU. Every year, he, he produces at least one stud. Uh, you know, Kyle Van Noy, a couple years ago, who obviously just won the Super Bowl. Uh, Juan Thornhill is going to be this year. They've got at least one coming out next year in the corner, and I don't know why he didn't come out this year. Um, they've always got dudes, and and Juan Thornhill is just another in that line that just you watch him, and the, 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 their defense is just find ways to, to feature these guys and let them let them be the centerpiece and they and, and he they pay him off and and you know i just think that would be outstanding for the chiefs and for whatever reason he slips there's there's two more safeties this this class is just loaded that position but there's two more safeties that can conceivably be in that conversation so you know it'd be disappointing for, for that but they have options, uh, but but I, I love this, love his game, love love what he could be in that defense. And you need an intelligent enough player to get yourself in the AFC Championship game who can say, yes, you may get the ball, you may win the toss, but you're not going 75 yards on us. And a guy like Juan Thornhill, who plays intelligently, physically, athletically, I mean, whole package. I mean, UVA, I mean, usually when they put them out, they're finished products. Whatever they turn into be, they turn into be. But, you know, UVA, these guys are, are ready to go from day one. Um, now we'll go to our second team with more than one selection here in, in the 2019 draft, the Green Bay Packers. Um, with the first selection, Brian Burns, um, still the talks out there. Um, the word is, guys, and normally you're not going to lie about a guy's weight. You know, two weeks out of Indy is Brian Burns, about 246 pounds. Um, guys, there's been guys less than him who's done very well at the pass rushing position. Um, this is another guy here. He's not going to fit the measurement requirements you want. But uh, sometimes you're just talking about adding weapons, whether it's Brian Burns earlier at pick 12, whether it is you know, the young man here. Um, but he gives you Ty- Tyreek Hill type of return. Um, your Green Bay Packers pick here, Pete. Right, so... You know, there, there's two things with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the new head coach, who's an offensive guy, at least allegedly, um, the <laughs> Titans may disagree, and then making Aaron Rodgers happy, which has allegedly been an issue. Um, 
I gave them Marquise Brown, and he's that instant offense, explosive play guy that would give them something opposite the the jump ball playmaker that they have in Devontae Adams. So, you know, and, and Aaron Rodgers has been carrying... What, Rand- what Randall Cobb used to be. You need chunk guys. Right. Um, and, and, and after that, you know, after... Cobb, it's it's guys I like. Like they've got Alan Lazard, they've got Equinemius St. Brown. But the, even if those guys work out, Jamon Morris, Scantling, but they're all the same type of guys as Adams. Right. They're all big. Geronimo Allison, big. Uh, they're all that type of guy. This gives them that speed threat that I don't think they've had in a while. You know, other than Randall Cobb. Um, when he was at you know the peak of his powers, he was great for them. I think Marquise Brown gives them an element that that really gives the teams in their division a problem. They've got to play a really really tough defense in the Chicago Bears. They've got to play a tough defense in Minnesota. I think Marquise Brown could potentially give them a real matchup problem that that could be an instant offense game changer that can break things open. Like the, the Minnesota Vikings don't have they they tend to have long corners Xavier Rhodes is a stud but they, they got long you know angular corners you know and that that fits well against you know those big type of receivers whereas a guy like Marquise Brown can can maybe give those guys fits this this is you know the they could certainly double up and go defense here but but I think if if the opportunity arises for them to add a weapon like this and and get Aaron Rodgers sort of Refocused, re-engaged, re-energized. That could be as important as anything this team does in this off off season. And they, they, you know, they they are not a bad team. They, they they may not be as good as as you know as as others in terms of raw talent, but they've got a lot of young talent that could actually be pretty good. When you add a guy like Jairi Alexander, and you've got you know Josh Jackson who needs to step it up in year two, and you've got a pretty good offensive line, and you've got those young backs can pretty be pretty good like a guy like randall cobb could be or um, a guy like marquise brown could really give them that extra dimension that lets them be that explosive offense again well and the thing is though but everything they're running out the wide receiver position there's not a lot of teams who have safety that you can say all right you're going to go take that away so maybe with marquise brown you're getting positions and you're scheming him where it's him and a safety and that's just i mean that's over before it even went into the oven i mean he's going to win it every time he would be, he would be a, a nice ideal piece there. And look, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's a lot on him right now. It was you wanted the team to move on from the head coach, and Green Bay is going to be fun to watch this year because you know what are the excuses going to be this year if they don't succeed? Are we going to throw another coach under the bus? I mean, there's talent there. So I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to blow it up this year. With the Green Bay Packers, I think that they are going to put a ton of yards and points. Whether or not they can stop other teams, that'll be the question. We get to our Super Bowl teams here now. Um, and Pete, this is funny here with the Rams because we talked, you know, I remember the SEC Championship where, you know, communicating back and forth. Jonah Williams, eh, you know, eh, and still trying to see. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure he's a left tackle, but part of the reason why was this other young man out of the University of Georgia who you're putting here 31 to the LA Rams. And look, these are the guys, I mean, maybe six foot four, maybe 260, 270, short area quickness, some good power initial to separate. This was a good pick here. Uh, so, look, the Rams, we talked about this after the Super Bowl. They're going to be a very different team, at least I think, next year. Um, and they've got to sort of address how they're going to be different. So I gave them DeAndre Walker, uh, and, and certainly there are people who are questioning whether he's going to be athletic enough, but if you turn on the tape, especially against a team like Alabama, he beat the hell out of Jonah Williams for four quarters, beat the hell out of him. Um, he just was dominant. And the assumption, I, I don't think without – Reason is Dante Fowler is going to get out of Jack is going to get out of LA. Could again that could be a team that a guy that ends up in Indianapolis. Um, they could lose Sue. Uh, you know he he great player when he wants to be, but he certainly wasn't worth what he was paid. 
And then, you know, they could decide they don't want to pay Aqib Tlaib $8 million. You know, so they've got a lot of options. Uh, they could add any of those positions. They could, you know, even even try to avoid uh, creating a hole on the offensive line, although that group's, you know, good at run blocking and that stuff. You know, you watch the Super Bowl and, and some of the other games they were in, and interior pressure was a problem. So you could see them going a different way. But the bottom line is I think – you know, you, you get a guy like Wade Phillips and you want to keep giving him as many weapons as possible. You want to keep rushing the passer as much as possible. And in the event they are going to lose a guy like uh, Dante Fowler, they may want somebody similar. Um, they could go a d- bunch of different ways. I, I even considered a guy like O'Shane Zimenez from Old Dominion. Uh, but this is – and this is what happens. I, I haven't even counted, but the amount of pass rushers we've had fly off the board in this – um, this is what happens is they, they, they're really good and they go really quickly. But I think the Rams are going to want to continue to find ways to pressure the quarterback because, you know, I think most of their questions, at least I think in their mind when they, when they go back and look at the season, is they're going to say, and not wrongfully, that they had the opportunities to win the Super Bowl if the offense executed. Uh, and, and I think they're going to keep putting their assets into the, into the defense, uh, keep keep that side great and certainly they'll have other picks but they won't be for a while so this this one's going to be the big one uh you know get a get a premium pass rusher see what you can do there and 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 see if you can't get right back to the super bowl and that's part of it though is the part of though is you also want you know smart guys who can contribute in you know more than one facet and walker's one of those guys uh you know disciplined obviously you know you're not playing at georgia and getting the reps you are and it, I, I will always go back to where he gave Jonah Williams everything he can handle. So you, he's a guy that could rise here. Um, a good combine is certainly going to help. But I'm not sure if, as long as he tests average to marginally, it'll still be fine because the tape is that good. He plays disciplined. The strike gets low, stays within his power. Fun player as an edge guy. And look, I mean, if he ended up in Cleveland, that'd be another bonus too. But we're going to close it out here, and I hate to say it. Your Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. And first things first, Pete, before you give us the selection, we know there's probably, what, maybe a 1 in 10 shot that New England actually makes this pick. Yeah, I think I think it's a virtual lock that they'll trade out. Um, Somebody's going to jump in here for a quarterback. Right. It, it, the way this, this played this out, could somebody be the would kind of- this could be the Kyler Murray pick. Um, Daniel Jones, whatever your weird-ass flavor is, because you don't have a guy like Baker Mayfield. And it's not impossible, albeit unlikely, that the Patriots could pick Kyler Murray here. Um, but yeah, Challenge, I, Bill. I, Just go ahead and challenge him. Let me do something different. Yeah, I, I think this is, is going to be traded, but given the fact that uh, we aren't doing trades here, I, I had to make a pick for them. Um, they've got some real questions coming up. Um Trenton Brown probably going to go. Uh, you know, I, I think they'll end up keeping Trey Flowers. They've they, they've got questions on the defensive line in terms of do they want to just get more uh, from the interior uh, in terms of pass rush and stuff like that. They they had a bunch of cloggers there for the most part, um, and they they could continue attacking and, and, and adding weapons. The other thing they could do is they could add a tight end, which is. You know, in addition to the fact that Gronkowski's not what he he, he was, um, this is a Belichick staple. I mean, he took two two first round tight ends in the in the span of three years uh, with with Daniel Graham and and, and Ben Watson. Um, it's a position he just loves. The fact that he 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 managed to hit on them is is probably why he's had such a drop. So I wouldn't rule out the possibility that he wouldn't love a guy like Noah Fant. Um, but I did give them Jonathan Abram from uh, Mississippi State because that's the other position he seems to just love is safety and strong safety in this case. Um, Patrick or Devin McCourty is a stud. Uh, he's, he's held down that. Patrick Chung, unfortunately, uh, broke his arm. I, I don't even know you know, the extent the damage was on the arm. But he's not a great player. He's just very good for what the Patriots do, and he, he sort of fills a role. Jonathan Abram, you know, in terms of production, and we'll see what he tests like, is a stud. And and you know, if for whatever reason Juan Thornhill's not, you know, a, a, a you know, a test like a stud, Abram could be that guy that that takes that spot. 
Um, I think the values there in terms of adding a player like this, you know, it, it fills into what Belichick loves to do, which is have guys that can do multiple things, which is why I think he loves tight ends and safeties is they can just do so many things for you. Uh, and, and, and play so many different roles. Abram gives them another just weapon on defense that lets them just do a, a ton of different things. Uh, and and that that's just, you know, how he sort of operates. He gets smart guys that can come in and, and play a bunch of different roles, and he, and he uses all of them. Uh, you know, you, you've got a guy sort of at every level in that regard, having Trey Flowers, having Dante Hightower, and, and – Getting and Devin McCourty, and then getting guys who can you know play their specific roles like Van Noy and potentially a guy like Abraham uh, that you can you know just continue to be dominant and and they don't have to be great during the regular season they just have to get to the playoffs and then turn it on and God knows they keep doing it. Um. Well, it's not really in the NFC. I mean, sorry, the AFC East is not a threat at any given time. So it's play good enough, and then Bill gets extensive time to view you one-on-one and expose what he needs to expose. Um, we all want it to end, and hopefully it's a Cleveland time. And you know, But until it's over, no one's going to believe it. I mean, because we've all said it for years. That's it. Patriots are over. Patriots are over. I mean, I must have said it freaking eight, nine times now. And until it goes away, it's not gone away. Guys, this has been Lifetime Browns, your daily delivery of all things uh, Dog Pound. Uh, Pete Smith here for the final cruise through for the pre-combine mock draft. We're going to start getting into some combine stuff here, previews. We're going to we'll highlight some possible winners and losers from both of our standpoints. And then, you know, somebody's going to get the gloat. We'll see how that works. Um, the Sony Michelle nick Chubb combine, that didn't work out so well. For me, at least. For me, at least. We're just sitting. No, it's just we're looking here, and and right now it's 1-0 as far as, like, the thing that really matters. And, you know, Sony Michelle's got one, and hopefully Nick Chubb's going to be able to go go get one himself, which, you know, just go get a Lombardi trophy. Yeah, I mean, that was was a fun little date. But we're going to have a ton of these guys as we go on here. Um, We'll find a way to incorporate uh, my guy versus Pete's guy with whatever position we do. But we're going to have some fun with it here over the next couple of weeks. Um, so check out Pete's work over at NFL Spin Zone. Like I said, um, it's been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Follow the Locked On Browns podcast on Twitter. Um, we keep it a follow back account. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, you guys, it's, it's amping up here, and we're getting closer to like real football stuff, and that's what matters with the combine, and then free agency is going to piggyback right off of that. And I'm just going to get to continue to carry it and enjoy every second of it. You know, um, Nothing's changed, uh, you know, shooting to win the division in 2019. You want to play a home playoff game. That's where we're at here with all of this stuff. So <clears throat> appreciate you guys, as always. Uh, until the next time, tomorrow night, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.